Well, saints, hallelujah, we're going to continue our series. We've been talking uh, about a, a particular subject, hallelujah, that some, some would shy away from, amen? But we decided in this place a long time ago that we were going to talk about the whole counsel of God and that we were going to touch everything, amen, hallelujah, uh, especially as it pertains to the supernatural. I will never make excuses for God as it pertains to the supernatural because I'm not interested in seeing ordinary. Oftentimes someone comes to, to the house of the Lord and they see God moving in the supernatural and they become fearful. But what did you come to see? Did you come to see people? Did you come see the natural? Did you come see the ordinary? And if that's what you came to see, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be surprised when you see him do something uh, that's not ordinary and that's not natural. Amen? I'm interested in the supernatural. We've been talking, hallelujah, about being naturally supernatural. And so we, we should be able to talk about, hallelujah, the supernatural without being intimidated. As long as we can put some substance under it through the scripture. Amen. And so we're going to continue in that vein and we're going to continue to talk about the prophetic. We're going to continue to talk about the prophetic. Today, I want to talk to you under the subject, hallelujah, guidelines, guidelines for receiving the prophetic word. Guidelines for receiving the prophetic word. Now we, we've already taught you that a prophetic word is usually a word that speaks to your destiny. A prophetic word always has the future in mind. Hallelujah. And so I want to give you guidelines for receiving the prophetic word. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. If you have not been here for the last, I think it's been three or four Wednesdays already, I can't do a lot of recap. So I encourage you to go ahead and get the CDs uh, go, to the, go to the table and get the CDs on the prophetic, amen, so that we can start from the beginning. In the beginning, we talked about the importance of hearing, hearing God, and we talked about learning how to listen, amen, and then we talked about the ways God speaks, amen, and I, I can't revisit that, hallelujah, because I've already come too far, and I, every time I do that, I never get to what I want to get to for today, and so I got something for you to today, for today, amen. Usually, I start with a text. And then I get into my teaching, hallelujah, but sometimes I just like to flip it around and get out of the routine, amen. So today I'm going to pray and I'm going to get right into it and we'll get to the text, amen. So with that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you now. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. Father God, hallelujah, use these lips of clay to minister to your people. Make me the pen of a ready writer. As I hide behind the cross, hallelujah, speak through me. Let it be your words and not mine. Holy Spirit, manifest your power and your glory. Put your stamp of approval on the word as it is released. Let your people receive it. Let the soil of their hearts be ready to receive this kind of word. And I thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to skip the introduction and I'm going to get right to it because it's what I've been doing for the last couple of weeks anyway, amen? So I want to start with a statement that I believe is really heavy, but it'll bless you in here. And that statement is this, an opportunity to be dishonorable is a test for favor. An opportunity to be dishonorable is a test for favor. I'm going to explain that in just a moment. In other words, if you have ever wondered why you are not walking in an uncommon favor, or why the favor of God 
is not resting upon your life, let me ask you this question. When the opportunity to be dishonorable presented itself to you, did you jump at that opportunity? Because I will submit to you that if the opportunity for you to be dishonorable presents itself and you jump at that opportunity, it is probably the reason why the favor of God is not resting on your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody shout honor. Yeah, it's a word that you don't hear a lot in the day that we're living today. Hallelujah. I would dare say that we live in a generation of dishonor. I would dare say, hallelujah, that nobody wants to submit to authority today. And I, I want to submit to you that we live in a world that has no problem disrespecting authority. And I mean all kinds of authority. I'm talking teachers. I'm talking parents. I'm talking presidents. I'm, talk, I'm talking all kinds of dishonor, but I want to submit to you that one of the codes of the kingdom of God is a code called honor. And so let me say it one more time, an opportunity to be dishonorable is a test for favor. If you want to pass a test to walk in an uncommon favor, when the opportunity to be dishonorable towards someone else presents itself to you, do not jump at that opportunity. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? In other words, do the complete opposite. If the opportunity to dishonor someone else comes, don't take it. And it is at that point, hallelujah, will you be walking in a state of maturity that will cause the favor of God to want to rest upon your life. Are you in this place, church? Because if there's one thing I know about honor is this, honor preserves. I said, honor will preserve a life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One of the things about, I love about honor is that honor will preserve, watch this, hallelujah, from you uh, dying or entering into things prematurely. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I had time, I would take you to Matthew chapter 4, where Satan himself takes Jesus up to a high pinnacle when he has tempted him. Takes him to a high place. In other words, let me put it to you the way I feel it. Takes him right to the top. Amen? Hallelujah. But can I just submit to you, hallelujah, that getting to the top right away without a process is dangerous. <laughs> Entering into things prematurely, hallelujah, uh, apart from process is dangerous. And so he takes him to the very top, hallelujah, and he basically challenges him to jump off. Uh, won't the angels catch you if you fall before your feet can dash upon the ground? Then he goes on to tell him, if you bow down, for, bow down before me, worship me, honor me, <laughs> I'll give you all this, hallelujah. Jesus owns it already in heaven, and he's going to be the owner of it all when he finishes on the cross. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But the enemy will have nothing more for you to enter something prematurely. Because he knows that if you enter it prematurely, it can end up being disastrous for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But Jesus decides, you know what? I'm not going to worship you. I'm only going to worship God and God only. And in honoring God and honoring God's word, he is preserved. And the enemy has to flee. Are you in this place, church? Honor preserves. Honor protects. I said it protects. 
I wish I had time to get into that. It'll protect you from a role. It'll protect you from an event. It'll protect your ministry. It'll, it'll protect a person. Amen. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. David on one occasion has at least two opportunities uh, that present itself before him so that he could be dishonorable before King Saul. On two separate occasions, the Bible is clear that David could have acted or spoken in a dishonorable way concerning King Saul, but he does not do it. Even when his own men come to, to, to him and say, hey, this is God. God has given him into your hands. He says, now nah, I'm not going to touch him. Why? Because I'm going to honor God's word instead. I have an opportunity that has presented itself so that I can be dishonorable, but I'd rather honor God's word that says, touch not my anointed. Listen, even though you think you have a reason to be dishonorable, because David could argue that King Saul's leadership had gone haywire and he was making very bad decisions, so that, that, that for me is permission to be dishonorable. Eh. The Bible says that even though those opportunities presented themselves, David handled himself very wisely. And because he handled himself very wisely, hallelujah, when it came his turn to be king, there was an anointing and a favor that rested on David that rested on no other king. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When we're talking about the best king apart from Jesus, David has to be in that conversation. Are you in this place, church? And so we've been taught, hallelujah, to honor God. Come on, somebody. We've been taught to honor our parents, right, because it's the only command that comes uh, with a blessing, amen, long days, good days. And so we've been taught, hallelujah, to honor authority. But I'm going to go a whole different route right now. And I'm going to challenge you, watch this, to honor prophecy. To honor prophecy. To honor the prophetic word of God. Amen, somebody. I believe that it's only when you can honor the word of God that the word of God can manifest in your life. In other words, a word that is honored is a word that will be manifested. I said a word that is honored is a word that will be manifested. First of all, let me tell you, let's ask a question. What is the objective of a prophetic word? What is the objective of a prophetic word that comes over your life to speak about your destiny? I'll tell you what it is. It's real simple. Manifestation. The objective of a prophetic word that comes over your life is manifestation. Hallelujah. Amen, somebody. I don't know about you, but I want to be in a place where I can discover my destiny. I want to be in a place where I can discover what God has for me next. I don't just want to be in a place, hallelujah, where all I learn about is my history. I want to be in a place, hallelujah, where I can hear a word concerning what's next, what's in the near future for me, hallelujah. Amen, somebody. I want the God that I speak to to turn around and speak back to me. I said, I want the God that I speak to to turn around and speak back to me. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's amazing. Hallelujah. I don't know if you watch much news. Hallelujah. But not too long ago, and I think I said it in one of these sessions. Hallelujah. Our vice president, Mike Pence, uh, was accused of losing his marbles on a show called The View because he said God speaks to him. And now watch this. It wouldn't have been a problem with anybody if he would have said, I speak to God. Nobody has a problem with that. Most religions don't have a problem with that. Most religions will say, yeah, we all speak to our God. But the minute he said, God speaks to me, 
it became a problem. It became something difficult to, to grasp or understand. And they went as far as saying that Mike Pence was losing it. They had to apologize, by the way, after that. But, but what I'm trying to get at, hallelujah, is that I wonder that if even in Christianity, we've come to a place, hallelujah, where, where we don't believe that God speaks back to us. And, and, and watch this, if, if, if the basis of your prayer life is a hope that God is listening only, you're going to have a very weak prayer life. Because if it's, if it's just a one-way conversation, if it's just a monologue rather than a dialogue, you're going to have a very weak prayer life. Amen, somebody? I serve a God who speaks who's always speaking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Are you blessed in here, church? Glory to God. The next thing I want to tell you, hallelujah, I don't know they threw that first one on there. Okay, let me get the next one real quick. You fight a good fight with future knowledge. I got one amen right there. Let me put it to you another way. Not every fight is a good fight. The Bible talks about a good fight. The Bible calls it the good fight of faith. If there is a good fight, then there is a fight that is not good. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And what I'm trying to say is that oftentimes we enter battles we were not supposed to enter into. God, help me in here. If, if, you know, thinking secularly, when I think about a bad fight, I can't help but to think about one that happened some years ago between uh, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield where Tyson bit Evander's ear. I mean, that was not a good fight. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so my thing is there are good fights, but you fight a good fight with future knowledge. You cannot fight if you don't have a glimpse of the end in mind. All right, let me give you scripture. Jesus put it like this, hallelujah. Or the Bible puts it like this concerning Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, for the joy set before What was the joy set before him? Let me help you. It's real simple, you. For the joy set before him, which was the salvation of many, watch this, he endured the cross. I could fight real good because I had a picture of the end in mind you fight a good fight with future knowledge if you have a vision for your future and God has made that vision clear through his word hallelujah and has confirmed it over your life then it should not matter how hard it gets in your life you still should be able to continue to fight good because you have a word over your life that is speaking to you about your destiny are you in this place, church? Oh, my God. Do you have revelation? You know, Jesus would call three men unto the mountain and reveal himself. It's on the mountain. We've been talking about that, where you get revelation. Amen. You know that anybody who knows anything about the military, army, fighting, tactics, or whatever, knows that the person who has the higher ground has the advantage. And so the person who has a revelation is always going to have an advantage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you fight, if you are fighting without revelation, you are going to be in trouble. 
if you don't have the end in mind, you will quit really easy. Somebody in here can testify. I want to submit to somebody that there is a future that must be fought for. You sitting around waiting for it to come, you're going to be sitting around for a long time. There is a future that needs to be fought for. And I'm speaking spiritually, hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us are not convinced about our destiny because we don't have a picture of the end. And we have underestimated the power of doubt and unbelief. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But doubt and unbelief will make you stop fighting. Amen, somebody. And, and for those of you who know a little bit of Bible, understand that God confirms everything through his word. I said God confirms everything through his word. So here's the challenge and here is the word of the Lord for somebody in this place. Fight with the word of God you have received. I'm going to prove that. Watch this. Fight with the word of God that you have received. Anybody got a word from the Lord? Anybody got a word for their destiny? Anybody got a call on their life in this place? I hope I came to speak to the right people in here on tonight. Hallelujah. Mm. Let me say something else in here that's important. The worst thing you could do when you get a prophetic word, hallelujah, is say I'm waiting on God. I just messed you up. Because some of you have been taught, hallelujah, that when you get a prophetic word, you wait. Can I help you in here? One of the worst things you could do when you get a prophetic word is just say wait on God. As though, watch this, you have no responsibility. Uh, you have a mentality that said because God said it, that settles it. And it's going to automatically happen absent of any responsibility on your part. But can I, t can I just submit to you that one of the, one of the, the, the secrets to, to a prophetic word is responsibility? Well, let's break that word down. Response and ability. One of the keys to a prophetic word, watch this, is your ability to respond. God, help me out here. I said it's your ability to respond to that word. Understand that once that word leaves heaven, whose word is it now? It's my word and I have a responsibility to steward over the word I've received. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. Ooh, God have mercy in here. And so watch this. I have a responsibility to position myself for the fulfillment of that word that I just received. Amen, somebody. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Some of you, the reason you have not died is because there's a word over your life. The reason you have not quit is because there's a word over your life. The reason you have not given up, hallelujah, though you've contemplated it, entertained it, is because there's a word over your life. And that word that's hovering over your life is so powerful, it's pushing back the deaf angel and saying, you got to wait until my word, God help me in here, is fulfilled, hallelujah. But you have a responsibility to walk in that word. Oh God, hallelujah. Are you blessed in here? You know, some of us only receive a word when it's good. 
a lot of times we don't listen to the word of God with our spirit. We listen with our soul. And as long as it sounds good and makes me feel good, I receive it as the word of God. But I need somebody in here. I need you going to help me tonight. Hallelujah. Somebody who's ever received a word of warning from God and knew it was good. I didn't ask you if it felt good. As a matter of fact, it probably didn't feel good. Have you, have you ever ended up on the other side of a word of warning that came from God? And even though you wanted to do that thing, wanted to get with that person, God, help me in here, wanted to go down that road, but you heard the word of the Lord tell you, don't go down that road, and you just knew enough to say, you know what, I'm not going to go down that road, ended up on the other side of that warning, hallelujah, uh, thanking him, talking about, oh, thank you, Jesus, that you kept me from going down that road, but I need somebody that can be even more real right now, that can testify, I've been there and ignored the warning, and paid the price. I've been there, hallelujah, and because I wanted it, hallelujah, ignored the warning and ended up paying the price. And you're in a good place now, but you could testify. Are you in the room? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Woo. Let me get the next thing I want to say. Hallelujah. There are things you need to know about your destiny that are directly connected to your preparation. I said that fast. Let me say it again. There are things you need to know about your destiny that are, directly that are directly connected to your preparation. Okay, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Whenever I go on a journey, well, let me make it even more simple. Uh, I'm not even talking about ministry. If I'm going on vacation, you know what I often do? Depending on where I'm going, I'm going to go into the future and check the weather. There are some things I need to know. God, help me in here. About where I'm going that are directly, watch this, correlated to my preparation. So watch this. Uh, when I pack, I pack according to where I'm going. If I'm going to Hawaii, I'm not going to pack the North Face coat. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? I'm going to pack according to where I'm going. But I need to know where I'm going if I'm going to pack accordingly. And so I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm, how are you getting ready if you don't know where you're going? You can only begin to get ready when you know where you're going. Because where you're going is going to have everything to do with how you prepare for where you're going. I'm getting ready. I don't know what God's going to do, but I'm getting ready. But that makes no sense. I'm getting ready because I know what God's getting ready to do. Mm, are you blessed in here? I'm going real fast. Hallelujah. Show me, show me Matthew 14, 22. Matthew 14 and 22. You guys doing all right? It's about to get gooder. I like making up words. Leave me alone. Pray for me. Uh, Matthew 14, 22. Watch this. And straightway, very familiar story. You think we know what we're going to talk about next, but we don't. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get in the ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Next verse. 
And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain. We said it a little while ago, apart to pray. And when the evening was come, now it's dark, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. If you're highlighting anything, you highlight that part right there. In the midst of the sea. Watch this. The ship was in the midst of the sea because where you are is important. Stay with me. Tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. They were in a storm. And in the fourth watch, that's the latest part of the night. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. I wish I could see that. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Could you imagine? But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. I'm going to stop right there, hallelujah. And I'm going to give you my next point real quickly based off this text. We're still talking about the prophetic, but watch this. Give me my fourth point. Don't assume it's not God because it's different. This is why people shy away from this. Watch this. Don't assume it's not God because it's different. Notice the text that we just read. They saw him walking on water. They saw him doing something that they'd never seen him do. It was late, it was dark, and they assumed, watch this, that it was a ghost. They assumed, hallelujah, that God wasn't in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And most people uh, would dare say that every storm, hallelujah, is of the devil. Well, can I submit to you? There are some storms God is in. I say he's in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place. So don't go on making the mistake to assume that it's not God simply because it's different. Because he's doing something that's not familiar to you. Never make the mistake to put Jesus in a box. You put Jesus in a box and I guarantee you he will shock you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's, it's what I love about him. It's why he never healed two people the same way. He always heals somebody different. Hallelujah. Sometimes he'll spit on his hand. Sometimes he'll blow on you. Sometimes he'll touch you. Sometimes he'll just talk to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he does that so that we won't come up with a remedy on how he heals. So that we wouldn't say he only heals like this. Because if we did that, he will shock you. Are you in this place, church? God have mercy in me. So when, watch this. When God, something, when God starts doing something in your life that's unfamiliar to you, don't get scared. Don't assume it's not him. Pray. Pray and do what Peter did. Watch what Peter did. Is it you? Help me in here. In other words, hallelujah, when God starts doing something in your life that's unfamiliar to you and is out there, hallelujah, and, you, and got you thinking, hallelujah, one of the first things you should do in prayer is ask God, is this you? God have mercy in here. Peter says to Jesus, is it you? And Jesus says, yes, 
it is me. So Peter starts walking on. <laughs> I thought y'all going to be quick to answer. But tell me you know me already. No, not water. He starts walking on word. All right, let me help you understand that. Let me help you understand that. If Peter gets off the boat before Jesus says come, he's going down. He's not just walking on water. He's walking on a word that came from the Lord that said come. God, help me in here. He's walking on word, not just a word too. He's walking on a new level of word. If you, if you ask me, and I hear God telling somebody in this place, it's time for you to get off the boat and start walking on a new level of word. God, do I got anybody in here who says, yeah, that word is for me because I'm tired of hearing the same old, same old. I'm ready for a new level of word in my life. Hallelujah. So when it comes and it's different, don't get nervous. Just say, God, is it you? And, and, and God will be, listen, more than happy to say, yes, it is me if it is him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, this is why prayer becomes such an important thing, saints. Prayer becomes important. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about uh, what, who the New Testament calls the first prophet in the Bible. Amen. And it was Abel. And everybody's like, Abel? How can Abel? Look how far the prophets go. Abel is the first prophet in your Bible. The New Testament calls him a prophet. And you can argue and say, well, I never heard him declare anything. Hallelujah. But watch this. It's what he does that's prophetic. Because, hallelujah, he brings God an offering. And in order to bring that God an offering, watch this, he builds an altar. Which allows me to know that you'll never tap into the prophetic without a prayer life. I said you'll never tap into the prophetic without a prayer life. How are you going to declare anything you ain't hearing? You can only declare after you hear. And in order to hear, you got to go into your secret place. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Ooh. Is it you? Listen, when you ask the right questions, you get the details for next. I said when you ask the right questions... You get the details for next. If you don't have the details for next, perhaps you're not asking the right questions. You're asking the wrong questions. Or you're not asking any questions because you have no prayer life. This is where I start losing them, Lord. Because if you're not talking to the king of your destiny... How are you going to hear what's next? Oh, are you blessed in here? Is it you? When's the last time you prayed that? All right. Give me the next one. Got to move. The test for your next level does not begin until you are in the middle of the water. 
the text for your next level does not begin until you are in the middle of the water. Check the text. You know pastor is all about the text. The text says, watch this, that Jesus was seeing them from where he was and when they were in the midst of the water. NIV says a considerable distance from the shore. Uh, midst to me means middle. When they were in the middle of the water is when your test for your next level begins. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. Watch this. Some of you ain't catching me right now because what I'm talking about right now, this next level that I'm talking about is not for shallow people. Because if you're in the midst of the water, you ain't in shallow water anymore. I wish I had time. I will take you to Ezekiel 47 where Ezekiel starts talking about a river that the Lord starts showing him. And watch this. He says that when God showed him the river in the beginning, it was ankle deep. It was ankle deep, hallelujah. That's a level, but that's a very shallow level. And that's a level where too many Christians stay too long. In shallow waters. And understand that in shallow water, it's really easy for you to just get up and out of it. Because when you're in shallow water, you know who's still in control? You are still in control. When I think about shallow water, I remember uh, my two little guys when they were even a little smaller. Me and Sharice would always buy them one of those little plastic pools from Walmart just so they could cool off on a hot day. And I would put my two little guys in that shallow water. You know what they would do most of the time? Fight. Because that's what shallow Christians do. Watch this. Watch this. They will fight over toys, toys that their father gave them. It's amazing how Christians, hallelujah, will fight over gifts. That they got from their father, their heavenly father. Having debates and arguments and fights over jealousy and envy and hating on one another. In the body of Christ. Don't shout me down now. I'm preaching real good. Ezekiel goes on to say that was one level. The next level was to the knees. Amen. And that's a certain level. This is usually where you start developing your prayer life. That's a level. Amen, somebody. But even if you're in the water knee deep, you can get up out of that water too whenever you want. In other words, you're still in control. That's why your prayer life is not consistent. <laughs> and, then you have, and then you have water that's waist deep. And I like waist deep. And I need, I need somebody who's been to the beach to understand waist deep. Because if you've ever been in the water at the beach waist deep, any wave could come at any time. Watch this. And pick you up and move you 10, 15 feet at a time. That's a good place. Have you ever been there, hallelujah, where God takes you, picks you up, and moves you? God, help me in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've experienced that. That's very powerful. But can I help you in here? Hallelujah. Uh, even at waist deep. If I get a little nervous, if I get a little scared, hallelujah, you know what I could do? I can go right back to the shore and get out of that water. Hallelujah. But Ezekiel talks about a level, hallelujah, that's very powerful after that. He says, then, hallelujah, he took me, watch this, in water to swim in. 
In other words, then he took me to water where my feet can no longer touch the ground. And when I'm in water where my feet can no longer touch the ground, you know what? I'm not in control no more. Now I'm subject to the river. And wherever the river takes me, help me in here. Wherever the river takes me, that's where I'm going. That's when I have, watch this, committed myself totally. Where are you in your commitment to God? Are you that surrendered? Are you in this place? Hallelujah. Ooh, this shows the kind of commitment you are offering. And this, my brothers and sisters, is a personal test. Ezekiel will tell you, it was just me. This is a personal test. Hallelujah. So what am I saying? I'm saying that your potential is a middle issue. I said your potential is a middle issue. You have to commit, watch this, to the point where you're far enough from the shore, you ain't going back. Oh, I said you're going to, you got to commit to the point where you're far enough from the shore, you can't come back. I've gone too far in this walk with God to go back. Are you in this place, church? Look at somebody who said, don't get out, don't get out. Don't get out. Hallelujah. Are you blessed in here? Ooh. Now, let me help you because this is going to help you. Give me the next one real quick. Whenever you are challenged to do what has not been done, you will not feel peace in the beginning. Now, this, this is going to mess somebody up right now because people often tell you, yeah, look for peace, look for peace. This is how you know it's God. You look for peace. But let me, let me help you understand that right now. Whenever you are challenged to do what has not been done, because Peter's been challenged to walk on water, hallelujah. Watch. Whenever you are being challenged to do what has not been done, you will not feel peace in the beginning. You can sit here and act cute, hallelujah, but I need somebody who has had the nerve to launch out in what God has asked them to do that they've never done before and sit here and act cute and say, yeah, I felt peace the whole time. No, it's intimidating. It's intimidating, hallelujah. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's your ability to move forward in spite of it. I'm scared to do it, but I'm more scared not to do it. You ain't hear me. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk real. Hallelujah. You look for peace, look, and you end up missing it. You think Peter was feeling peace? I mean, if you know this story, you know he wasn't. Amen? When you are a barrier breaker, the people inside the barrier will always give you a hard time. I said, when you are a barrier breaker, the people inside the barrier will always give you a hard time. Could you imagine the guys on the boat? Could you imagine the other 11? When they, said, when they saw Peter come to the edge of the boat, talking to Jesus, talking about, let me come, let me They were probably saying, Peter, what's wrong with you? Because you know, Peter, you always got to be the one. Why is it that you always got to be different? Why can't you just be like us? We all decided to stay in the boat. 
Why do you got to be different? Oh, God, have mercy in here. It's not going to feel peaceful getting up on that water by yourself, knowing, knowing no one else is willing to do it. Hmm. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. They will give you a hard time. They will make you uncomfortable because you're not supposed to step out of what has been done already. Amen, somebody. Let me give you the next one real quick. I'm going fast. I'm going fast. But I'm giving you some good stuff. This is a word, and I would dare say it's prophetic. In this season, you're going to have to fight for your focus. I said, in this season, you're going to have to fight for your focus. Watch this. The distance between you and your destiny is predicated on your focus. And the enemy is coming after your focus. And do you know what he's coming after your focus with? Distractions. I said, he's coming after your focus. And he's doing it with distractions. Hallelujah. It's amazing to me how we can stay up late at night and binge watch on Netflix. A series, a series of shows. And then come to the Bible study and fall asleep. Oh God, hallelujah. It's amazing to me. It's surprising to me. You won't miss one of those, but you've already missed three in this series. And so my, my question is, what are you focused on? Now or your destiny? God, help me in here. It's amazing to me that there's more people at the worship practice rehearsal than there is on the Monday night prayer meeting. It speaks to me about your focus. I'm losing them. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place, church? Can I preach it like I feel it? I'm going to let that resonate. I'm gonna, I have some more. I'm going to let it go. Give me the next one. I'm running out of time. Watch this. Oh, God. Help me in here. It is impossible to change levels and remain light. God have mercy. I said it is <laughs> impossible to change levels and remain light. If you want everybody to like you, don't pack. Because you ain't going nowhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Peter is going to the another level, and the rest of those guys on that boat, they're not happy about it. They're not happy about it. It's amazing because those are his brothers. And sometimes, hallelujah, as Joseph. When you tell your brothers you're going to another level, that doesn't automatically mean that everybody's going to be as happy about where you're going as you are. God, help me in here. And watch this, going to another level is going to require that you leave some people on the boat. 
going to another level is going to require that you say goodbye to some people who don't want to go where you are ready to go. God have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. If everybody is liking you, you have been in the same place too long. Don't make me preach Sunday's message. If everybody is liking you, you have been in the same place way too long. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, understand at the same time that you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility because some people get out there, start talking crazy, and don't take responsibility. I hear people all the time talking about, uh, I'm getting ready to become an entrepreneur. I'm getting ready to walk in entrepreneurship. And that's a powerful declaration. Hallelujah. But you're not walking into entrepreneurship if you're late to your job every day. Every time there's a meeting, you're late. Every time you're supposed to be somewhere, you're late. You think that God's going to let you come into your own thing. Hallelujah. Let me give you the Bible on that. Hallelujah. Watch this. It's not until you have taken care of that that belongs to another man first that then you will come into your own. Hallelujah. So it's not until you've been responsible with something that somebody puts on you that then you can walk in your own thing. You declare it until you're blue in the face. You have a responsibility. Are you in this place, church? Oh, God. I should have did these points first. <laughs> Amen, somebody. I'm almost finished, saints. Watch this. Let me give you the next one. Whew. Train to see Jesus in everything. Ay, ay, ay. Train to see Jesus in everything. Watch this. Peter is in a storm, but he sees Jesus. Train to see Jesus in everything. In a storm. In a heartbreak. In a setback. In a loss. In a victory. When you get the green light. When you get the red light, see Jesus. When you get a yellow light that says yield, see Jesus. Oh, God, help me in here. In whatever, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, train yourself to keep seeing Jesus in every circumstance. Hallelujah. Peter started out really good seeing Jesus in the storm. Hallelujah. But then he took his eyes off Jesus for one moment. And the moment he could not see Jesus no more, he started sinking. Train yourself to see Jesus in everything. Oh, God, help me in here. Hallelujah. Can I, can I speak to somebody in this place? Hallelujah. The next destiny decision that you make in your life, hallelujah, is going to require that you fight for your clarity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this because here's, here's the alternative. If you cannot see him, you become the victim of your environment. I said if you cannot see him, you become the victim of your environment. When Peter... Could not see Jesus no more. The storm took over. And now he became the victim of that environment. And the storm began to take him down. But as long as he could see Jesus, 
he was walking on things that others normally drown in. Are you in this place, church? If you're blessed, shout glory. glory. Ooh, if you cannot see him, you will become the victim of your environment and your life will become a rerun. A rerun. A repeat. Are you in this place, church? Hallelujah. With a couple of minutes I got left, let me give you some more guidelines. Can I give you some more guidelines? I want to teach you. Hallelujah. I just don't want to make you happy. Watch this. Let me teach you. Give me the next one. If you got your pen, you better write fast. Because I worked hard to write this down for you. Amen. You know, if you were really smart, you pull out your cell phone right now and take a picture. Amen, somebody. Or your tablet. Amen. And I, and I can't go into these for the sake of time, hallelujah, in depth, but let me try to just give you a little bit. They're up there. Just begin to write them down, hallelujah. When you receive a prophetic word, a word that is speaking over your life concerning your future, these are some questions you should ask yourself, okay? These are guidelines, amen. Number one, is this the desire of my heart? Watch this. Not the desire of my soul. When I say heart here, I'm not speaking about the mind. When I say heart here, I'm talking about your spirit, man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is this the desire of my spirit, man? Not my, not my mind, not my feelings, hallelujah, not my will. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is this the desire of my heart? And the, the next one is, watch this, what is the context of this word? And this is real simple. I'm not getting crazy here. What this question really is, is simply this, where did I get this word? Where was I when I heard this word? Did I, did I hear this word in a church service? Did I, did I hear this word in a small group? Did I hear this word, hallelujah, uh, in, in the marriage uh, session? Where, where did I hear this word? Did I hear this word in a counseling session with the pastor? Where did I hear this word? What is the context of this word, hallelujah? The next thing, hallelujah, is to think about the source. What, what was the source of this word? Amen. Where did the word come from? Let me help you in here. If it came from a fortune cookie, it's not God. <laughs> if it was a tarot card reader, it's not God. If it was a psychic, it's not God. If it was your horoscope, it's not God. If it was Walter Mercado, it's not God. Are you Cleo in them? It's not, it's not God. What is the source? Ooh, God, help me in here. The source does matter. Can I help you in here? Can I just be real for a moment? If a random person comes up to me prophesying, I'm not going to say that they're not sent from God, but I'll be more quick to shelve what a random person tells me versus a person that has been authenticated. This is why oftentimes when you read your Bible, whenever the people of Israel were lost in the Old Testament, this is what they would say. Is there not a prophet? Does anybody know a prophet in the land? It wasn't just anybody random, somebody you know. Or oftentimes somebody would answer and say, yeah, there is a prophet, watch this, and everything he says comes to pass. In other words, okay, let's go to him because he has a rapport. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so the source does matter. I'm not saying that God can't use anybody, but I am saying I'm just a little quicker because after you prophesy to me, I'm going to need confirmation anyway. Amen? Glory to God. Are you blessed in here, church? Mm -hmm. Watch this. 
The next thing is, what is the category? What is the category? And if you were here last week, you would know what I'm talking about. The kind of word that you received. What category does it fall under? Let me give them to you for those who weren't here. Is it a new word? Is it a confirming word? Is it a now word? Or is it a future word? Is it a now word, meaning that it's going to take place in this season? Or is it a future word you get now but won't happen until years down the road? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is it a new word, something you've never heard, in which you're going to need the next one, which is a confirming word? Usually by two or three witnesses, according to Scripture. Amen, somebody? What category does it fall under? The next one is, what is the spirit and the heart of the message? What is the spirit and the heart of the word or the message? Do you not know that the purest form of communication as it pertains to God is spirit to spirit? Spirit to spirit. His spirit testifies to my spirit that I am a child of God. I know I'm a child of God, hallelujah, not just in my head, in my spirit. That's why I don't care if you're a philosopher and I don't care if you have more degrees than a thermometer. You're not going to convince me out of what I know in my spirit with your head knowledge. Oh, I know in my knower. <laughs> Are you in this place, church? Spirit to spirit. In other words, this ain't unleaded. <laughs> this is pure. Amen, somebody? Hallelujah. 100%. Holy Ghost. The problem is that after you get it in your spirit, it has to be filtered through your mind. That's where we get into trouble. That's where you're not careful. You start out in the spirit like the people of God did in Galatians 5, but end up in the flesh. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was funny. I heard, uh, I heard something humorous not so long ago about a man of God who was a prophet who went to, to preach at a church. And after he preached his message, uh, he had uh, young people in that particular service. And a 10-year-old came up to him. And the 10-year-old said he had a prophetic word for the pastor, for the, for the invited pastor. And, 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 the young, <laughs> and the young boy began to prophesy to the pastor. And the young boy said, I see you getting into ships and sailing to different parts of the world and ministering and people getting saved. And the pastor was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the desire. You, you are tapping in right now. You are tapping in. But then the kid got a little carried away and said, hallelujah. And after the ships, I see you getting in rocket ships and going to different planets and preaching to aliens and getting them saved. And I... <laughs> And at that point, and at that point, the man of God said, all right, you, you, you done got out of the spirit. But what the man of God did say, the kid was in the spirit originally and, and allowed his soul to get involved. And he got carried away. He got a little emotional and he came out of the spirit. It's that simple and that fast. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But the, the, the man of God received the beginning part of what the kid was saying. Amen. So, so listen to the spirit and the heart of the message. Amen, somebody? Are you in this place? Next thing, does it bear witness with your spirit? Pretty much more the same. Not with your mind, because you don't receive it with your mind. You receive it with your spirit. It'll get filtered through your mind later. That's a process, and God has to help you with it. 
See, sometimes, hallelujah, I get a word from the Lord, and at that moment, I'm so giddy, I'm so happy, I could do cartwheels in my living room. The challenge then becomes to put it on paper and make it plain so that I can give it to you in a way that you can catch it, hallelujah. But originally, I received that thing in my spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Does it bear witness with my spirit? Finally, ask God where you are in the process. If you were here last week, we talked about, hallelujah, how you are not just a human doing, but you are a human being. In other words, you are a human becoming. So when we're talking about the prophetic, we're not just talking about what you're supposed to do. We're talking about what you're supposed to become. God, help me in here because the prophetic word is about your destiny. Are you hearing me? Are you blessed, church? And let me close with this. I got six minutes. Somebody said you could do it. All right. Watch this. And I think this is my last point. All right. If you don't receive the word, you can abort the seed. If you don't receive the word, you can abort the seed. And let me give you a couple of examples, and we're going home. Amen? Watch this. If you read Jeremiah, I believe it's the first chapter of Jeremiah. God comes to Jeremiah, the Spirit of God, an angel of the Lord, comes to Jeremiah and tells Jeremiah, I called you, hallelujah, from your womb, watch this now, to be a prophet unto the nations. What does Jeremiah say? Jeremiah says, that can't be, for I am a child. If you don't receive the word, you can abort the seed. Watch this now. He says, this cannot be, for I am a child. And the word of the Lord comes back to him immediately. and says, don't say. You got to watch what you say when the word of the Lord comes to you. Watch this. That cannot be, for I am a child. And the word of the Lord came back to him and said, don't say. Because you know we like to make excuses. Don't say that I'm a child. Just say whatever I tell you to say and who I tell you to say it to. All right, all right, let me give you another example. The angel of the Lord comes to Zechariah while he's in the temple praying and tells Zechariah, watch this, your, this is how it starts, your prayers have been answered. Watch this, and you're about to give birth to a child. And Zechariah say, I don't know how this can be. Because Elizabeth is barren and She's too old anyway. But here's what I want you to catch. What the angel says to him first. Your prayers have been answered. What you pray? Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You praying for it. Then he says, it's coming. And you say it can't be. That's some old religious praying right there. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place, hallelujah. Now, in, in his defense, he may have prayed it 20 years ago. Oh, catch me now. He may have prayed it a long time ago. And maybe right now, that's not exactly what he's praying. But God didn't forget. Help me in here. I say God didn't forget what he prayed. And God said, your prayers are answered. Even though you're not thinking about that right now, hallelujah, I haven't forgot. Watch this. But when he said, when he said, how can this be for Elizabeth is barren and she's too old. Hallelujah. You know what the angel did next? Struck him dumb. And he couldn't speak. How many of you know this story? He couldn't speak. Why did God shut his mouth? 
so that he would not abort the seed. Some of you ought to just thank God right now for shutting your... My God, have mercy in here so that you don't abort your seed. In that case, hallelujah, it was because the seed was one called John the Baptist that needed to be born, hallelujah. But that doesn't mean that he's going to automatically do that with you. Are you blessed, church? One more example. He comes up to a woman named Mary. Now, here's what you better catch. Same angel that goes to Zechariah, comes to Mary, and says, you're going to be with child. And she says, how can this be? But he don't strike her mouth. And it's not because she's a lady. It's, it's just, he's not a respecter of persons. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I begin to, you know me, I begin to ask myself some questions. So I said, okay, why when Zachariah saying, how can this be? You shut his mouth. But when Mary said, how can this be? You explained it to her. Because if you know the story like I do, he explained it to her. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Now, now, here's what you don't get when you read the words. You don't get what they refer to as voice inflection. So what I want you to understand is simply this. When Zachariah said, how can this be? He was doubting. When Mary said, how can this be? She was curious. God help me in here. Hallelujah. She was curious, and there is a difference. And you know she was curious because then later she says, Be it unto me according to thy word, O God. See, oh, that didn't happen with Zechariah because he's a priest. He is a prayer warrior. He's the one who stands in the place of prayer on behalf of everybody else. And he doubted. Isn't that something? He was asking for it, and when it came, he doubted. She wasn't even asking for it. When it came, she got curious. Are you in this place? Do you receive the word of the Lord on today? Give God a good hand clap right there where you are. We're done. At 8.30 on the dot. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Woo! My God. Somebody shout, I receive it. Shout it again. I receive it.